Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shana. Today on this episode, we have a special guest, Deborah Silverman, who is a celebrity astrologer and psychologist, and we had so much fun having this conversation. It was such a pleasure and such a joy, and we laughed and smiled and got to hear about the differences and the similarities between astrology and human design. Honestly, it was just such a fun conversation. My cheeks hurt from smiling so much. (laughs) Yeah, she is a character and she's so authentic and she is so unedited and we loved it. Um, And she gave a lot of insight also into Dana and I and how we um, complement each other and work together and um, just some things that stood out to her in our astrological charts. So it's just so interesting to see how, you know, we know, of course, astrology is part of human design. And it's interesting to see it from a strictly astrological perspective. So it's been a really fun conversation. It gets a little wacky and weird, but we're into it. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a blast. We think you guys are going to love this conversation. And so a little bit about Deborah Silverman. Um, She has developed a unique psychological and spiritual model, combining her expertise in esoteric soul-centered astrology with her extensive education in psychology to help those going through major life changes, especially in crisis. She custom designs her therapeutic approach to each individual using astrology and psychology as a magical healing combination. So it was really fun to kind of dive into all of the different nuances and, um, different sides of astrology, the history of astrology. We even talked about the difference between Western astrology and sidereal astrology. And as you all know, that human design includes Western astrology as one of the fundamental modalities that it is created from. So I think you guys are really going to love this conversation. All right. So without further ado, let's welcome on our special guest of this episode, Deborah Silverman. Deborah, thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing today? I'm so excited. It's my pleasure to be doing this with you. Us too. I've been looking over your content on Instagram and I just feel so inspired by the work that you share and so inspired by your energy and your frequency of how you share things. It really resonates with us. And, you know, a lot of our listeners have gone really deeply down this human design hole with us, but we haven't really talked that much about astrology on this show. So we are super excited to talk about astrology and to really let you uh, help us, you know, share in these, these concepts that I think are going to be really expansive and fun for our listeners to hear. So right off the top, if you could just introduce yourself, you know, what it is that you do and share with the world. So I am both a psychotherapist and an astrologer of over 44 years. It's so weird to say. I started at a very young age. Actually, I was first interested in astrology when I was 10 years old. That little Debbie girl who wrote to the Detroit News in the comics section and wrote away for a chart and got a chart. I was so cute and little. And then fast forward, all the high school kids I grew up with, I knew every single one of their sun sign and their moon. I figured that out very young. And then 
I went to graduate school, and before I finished graduate school, I was a full-on astrologer that was doing therapy with astrology and found out that Carl Jung, who is an astrologer but no one knew, was quoted to say, psychology will be a dinosaur science without astrology. So I heard that quote. I was very young, and I was like, duh. Let's just put the two together. So all the therapy and everything I teach, I have a school that starts twice a year in January and September. And I teach people like you guys, anyone that's done any modality from Reiki to the tarot cards, to divination cards, to past life, to Akashic records. I love that we can say all this because when I grew up, you couldn't say any of that on a radio show. Um, (laughs) I I give them the skill, a very simple, practical way to learn because astrology, as you can imagine, the sky's the limit, but I've taught it in bite-sized bits. So my claim to fame is I did these funny videos. Have you seen them yet that are on YouTube? We had 7 million hits. So there's been a lot of people watching me act like an idiot. There were, I was 12 <laughs> characters. I literally went crazy. I, I put them in a drawer for five years because I was so embarrassed. I literally changed outfits, did five-minute vignettes on each sign. They went viral, but I was so embarrassed when I first did them. I was like, I look crazy. I mean, I, I look like I'm a crazy person who has 12 personalities and, and every single one is uniquely me or you, I should say. And then once those went out, my reputation got known as being funny, which I am a little funny, but mostly I'm an astrologer and a psychotherapist. And then I began my practice of working with lots of famous people from Madonna to Sting you know, I've traveled and worked with all these famous, but so silly. That's what my claim to fame is. And then the next thing I knew, I designed a school. And in the school, I have taught thousands of people how to use the model of astrology in what already they're doing, like even being a mom or being a school teacher. How do you look at your kids and put their birth dates in and specifically know, oh, that kid doesn't talk. Oh, that kid can't stop talking. Oh, this kid, don't put her next to, <laughs> don't be playing. and go and then suddenly I became a commodity <laughs> and now I have 50 women working in my company who are all astrologers and trained to do what I do wow how incredible is that it's so funny because you know um us with our human design perspective it's so related to astrology um and you know, even just looking at your chart and hearing some of your reflections of the experiences that you've had and how you've come forward into the world, you know, for everyone listening, Deborah is a four, six emotional manifesting generator. And, um, being this four, six, we would really tell you the more that you show just authentically who you are and you can look like an idiot. You can I take my clothes off now? silly. Yeah. The more that you <laughs> just are authentically into whatever you're doing, the more people will feel like, oh my gosh, I know her. I love her. I connect with her. Yeah, she looks like an idiot, but I'm an idiot too. Like how <laughs> relatable is that? It's so it's really a key to your, one of the ways that you reach success. So it's just so funny hearing that, that, um, that's what happened for you. And such a big part of your chart is this gate 20, we would say in human design, which is being funny and is mm-hmm. calling it how it is and calling bullshit on things and not filtering or <laughs> editing your voice. So it's just so crazy hearing your story because you're obviously so in alignment. That's why but- I don't drink. If I drink my <laughs> my 20, my little 20 door, whatever that is, I turn into a, I, I can say shit like, oh my God, did I just swear? And it happens without me. And I used to be self-conscious about it when I was younger, like 
Deborah, don't say it. And then, and then suddenly I'd realize, wait a minute, it was the truth. And by the way, Mm -hmm. it healed them. And by the way, someone else was wishing they could have said it. So yeah, as the years have gone by, that is it 20? Tell me again what it is. Gate 20, which is, which is your main sun gate. So this is the biggest energy in your chart is being this effervescent truth teller and allowing yourself to be unfiltered and really trusting when you feel like you have something to say, say it because you do alleviate the tension of people feeling awkward and, and that elephant in the room. And you do it with this lightness and, you know, with this comedy that really rolls off the tongue for you without even trying. And also you have what we call the genius freak channel in human design, which is someone who is this spiritual genius that can see ahead of the curve that is way before their time. And they're Come really, on. yeah, they're really, what is, that? what is that? You tell me what that is. The genius freak channel. It's channel 43 to 23. So it connects your channel Ajna to your throat. I always call channel 43. Yeah. So you, you know, you really are someone who is ahead of your time. And I think that part of your story is really fascinating to hear that even from such a young age, yeah. you are naturally called to astrology in a time and place that you were probably maybe the only one. I was. That, I that was. I knew. went to graduate school and I sat with the teacher. The what was she called? The you know the woman that's the head of your program yeah. and she's giving the you dean. The, the dean. The dean. Yeah. And she and I said I want to do research on mental patients on like people literally who were in hospitals and their chart. And she was like, "Pardon?" And I did it. So I collected all these charts and I found the correlation and I did all the statistics and there was no question at all that there was a consistent factor that described people that weren't accepting this reality who I fell in love with because, of course, I've got shades of that myself. And the next thing I knew, I became an expert as crazy on astrology and mental illness. That's just weird. Wow. And yes, yes, it was unprecedented. And I met a lot of resistance across my whole entire career because now you go on Instagram, there's 45 million astrologers. It wasn't true when I was young. Like I'm literally 65,000 years old. When you go backwards (laughs) to the seventies, when I was just a little person, 1970s and talking astrology and the stigma, like human design didn't exist. What year did yeah. you say it came forward? In the 80s? In 1987. Yes, yeah, so very I recently. I was all by myself. I, I mean, I was literally looking around going, don't tell anyone. Because I was going classical training. Like I have that academic thing. Is that in my human design? I have a yeah. real appetite for mental um, precision. I don't mm-hmm. like generalizations. I don't like superficial. I can't do fake. And so there I was talking about astrology and that. It was not a very popular point of view, but I, in my unique way, said the little Gemini, I never took no for an answer. Wow. Yeah. And, you and know, I am here- a freak. I'm a freak. <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud. Is it okay to name that? Because one of my yeah. friends years, years ago, he said, Deborah, you are a freak. And at first I got my feelings hurt. I was like, that's not very nice. And then the more I thought about it, like freak, like stand apart from the group. I like it. Oh, you mean yeah. like don't follow? And have an independent thought, sign me up. Yeah. I'm a, Beautiful. I'm a freak. I love yeah, it. And, and a genius. Both. Both yeah. the, the same <laughs> the a, same coin. A genius. That's freak. a little hard word. I mean, I, I'm yeah, I know I'm not sure about that, but I do have one track brain. I remember people's charts for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. I can't find my purse or my day it is or where I was going, but I do have I do have a crazy thing in my head about charts. We're the same with human design charts. It's like, I could meet that person once, but I remember very specific details. You know, I wanted to ask you this, you know, I think Carl Jung is fascinating, 
so fascinating. I could read, you know, his works all day long. He's a Leo like you. Is he? I didn't know that. Wow. Maybe that's why I'm so attracted to him. But I just, I can see, you know, the the archetypal energy and the astrology. I can feel it in what he's talking about. And it's just so beautiful. And this realm of astrology and psychology, I'm really fascinated to hear that you have been able to bridge these two worlds. And I think more and more and more as our consciousness is evolving, we're, we're coming into this time where people are you know, astrology is so widespread. Human design is so widespread. And a lot of people are being called to use these modalities in our everyday structures. A lot of our clients are wanting to use astrology. You know, they're a first grade teacher at a public school and they're really wanting to use this, but there is still so much resistance or, you know, like legally they're not allowed to. And what kind of insight do you have for our listeners about this transition of making it more accessible and being able to really feel empowered to use these tools tools that really resonate as truth and and helpful for us. I mean, the short answer is just, can I swear? Just don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Like (laughs) think about when I was young, yoga came to the world. I distinctly remember this. I was in graduate school living in Los Angeles. I heard this word called yoga. I took the class. I thought it was the most boring because I was a professional dancer. I thought it was the most boring thing I've ever, like, (laughs) what are we going to do for the next hour? We're going to do stretches. I could have done that at home myself. And then as the years went on and I found a great yoga teacher in LA who said he was teaching Tantra, which I think he was, we were sweating, we were flowing, we were kind of all making love in a clump and the music was on cranked. He had, he had um, rap music on and suddenly yoga, which was once pretzels in a room looking very boring, trying to breathe out of your nose with, and then suddenly (laughs) it turned into the sexiest. So similar to human design astrology, there was a time when this, but you don't get stopped. The yogis didn't stop going. Now the yoga practices a billion-dollar industry. Astrology's just now taking off. Human design is probably behind us just because you're a yeah. little younger. Um, the answer is if your heart is singing from your destiny, which clearly you two have, where you cannot not stop thinking about human design, what do you care what anyone else thinks? This is a gift of aging, by the way. You do not give a shit. Like, are you kidding I am so passionately in love with what I'm doing. I'm not listening to you or looking at you. I'm looking at my family of people who are interested. That's where my attention is. And so I'm sure I belong to a place here. I'll just without using names on this island that I live on. They don't, I don't tell them I'm an astrologer. I think they suspect it, but they've never said it out loud because I'm not going to sit and instigate all these people that are, you know, white and rich is that okay to call them out since i'm one of them and then and say to them i'm an astrologer and i've made my success no i just button up my lip embody the experience of being alive and kicking and they sometimes will walk up to me and go uh you look like you're having a lot of fun what do you do and i'm like i'm a psychologist i don't tend to give people all the information until i can see the level of consciousness and i can look in their eyes so don't go to conflict if someone doesn't believe or they're not interested keep walking you are going to find your tribe. They're right here. What do you think this podcast is getting so excited about? Because now we found the people who are all slightly weird because want to hear why? Normal is a setting on the dryer. I don't have anyone I know that's normal. Forget about it. Take Get rid of normal and go for the exotic, the unique, the individualistic, the person who thinks for themselves, now you've got my attention. So just don't pay attention. It's really about not fighting but rather following the love because you can only imagine how much resistance when I work with high level professionals and they hear, and I'm an astrologer, 
I come in as a therapist working in a company and then they hear I'm an astrologer. I have a really funny story. You want to hear this funny story? Yes. I was invited with Jill Bolte Taylor, the number two TED Talk in the world. You guys should have her on your show. If you ever watched her TED Talk, no. she's a brain scientist. Number, she's got 45 million views. She had a stroke. And while she had the stroke, her awareness came on because she was a brain scientist. And while she had the stroke, she was watching herself and she did this whole TED talk about it. Okay, fast forward, we became friends. In the middle of my session with her, she said to me, do you ever become friends with your clients? And I was like, can we just keep the session going? We'll talk about it because she liked me because I'm kind of funny. Anyways, at the end of that, we became friends and she invited me up to Aspen where there were a group of scientists were getting together because she was a brain scientist. And I was going to come be her um, friend to watch this event. I was sitting in a circle and I realized as soon as we got there that I couldn't tell them I was an astrologer. They were biochemists and they were environmental scientists and they were geologists. And so I lied and told them I was an astronomer. <laughs> and so and so half the way through, we had this great conversation. We're talking about everything. It's lunchtime. And I came back and I was like, you can't tell them you're an astronomer. This is, I felt bad. So I started, I said, excuse me, I just got to say out loud, I'm not an astronomer. I'm an astrologer. And the guy sitting next to me said, oh, wow, you were so interesting. That's terrible. An astrologer. And I was like, oh, really? So before breakfast, I was okay. And after lunch, I wasn't. And, wow. And I, but that was a big teaching for me was be careful who you say it to. Camouflage, give wisdom. And when the time is right, you find your people. And then you just do from the top of the roofs. You tell everybody human design is an answer to all the questions you have. So just mm -hmm. be careful. Pick your fights. Don't waste time in resistance because you can only imagine from the 1970s till 2022 how much resistance I've met about being an astrologer. Yeah. Wow. That's such a great story and such a good example um, of, well, A, around anything that's new, the just a word, how much conditioning you can have around a word, right? The meaning that we have that we're conditioned to believe, oh, astronomer, that's legitimate. Astrologer, how awful. It's a bad, bad word. Um, and it's just interesting how, Language is meant to give us um, understanding of what we're trying to say, but it can also be something that limits us in such a confinement, even with the word genius, for example. Genius, we have this like resistance like, oh, that's that must be ego or I must be like Albert Einstein. But really, when it's a genius insight and it's like that's coming straight from your uniqueness, from your insight, only you can see it that way. That is genius. So true. Um, so it's the, all of these words that we have to describe it's ourselves so or put us in little boxes. They help liberate us, but also sometimes we have such conditioning or resistance against so it. True. Mm. So true. And human design. What happens when you guys tell them you're doing human design? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a whole thing. Well, one of our favorite things about human design is that we always preface with saying, we're not saying that this is true or false. We're saying that this is an experiment and you can start applying it to your life and see for yourself if it feels good, if it feels more like life feels easier and you feel more in alignment. So it really is an experiment for you to practice. And then you tell me if it's meaningful and helpful for you. So that's always been really helpful for us is we're like, I never said this was real or true. I never said that this is how the universe is. Of course, for us, we have experimented with it and proven to ourselves just effortlessly, we know without a shred of doubt, like, of course, this is true, right? The same with astrology. Um, but 
it's, it's been really fun to kind of take that pressure off of ourselves and to be like, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying any of that. And relieving ourselves from that pressure of, you know, when people are skeptic skeptical, needing to defend ourselves or whatever, that's been huge for us. And we always encourage like people that are, you know, sharing this with people that might be skeptical to say like, okay, you practice it or reflect upon it and ask yourself, is it meaningful instead of, is this true or not? Um, but yeah. Shana, what would you say? Like, do you I mean, tend to not tell people what we do? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because as projectors, Dane and I are both projectors in human design and, um, our strategy is to wait for the invitation and have others invite us to share our insight. And so part of that is being recognized. So it's kind of what you said of when you meet someone and you can see that hint of recognition, like they, uh, they're um, intellectually open to receiving what it is that you have to say or not. Um, it's sensing that, like, is there that that recognition or that openness for what I have to say to land? And if there's not, then, you know, I'll, I'll end up saying something, you know, like we, we sell ritual kits or we have a business around, um, energetics. Um, or I'll say or we're, we focus we, on self-improvement. That's, yeah. that's what I say a lot. Kit. That's going to get a real, oh, I know what a ritual kit is. Wait, what's the, that's funny. What's the difference between a generating projector or a mm -hmm. projector? Um, so there's manifesting generator, which is what you right. are, That's and right. then there's generators and then there's projectors and manifestors and reflectors. So those are the five energy types. Um, but basically manifesting generator, you have a lot of energy, you have a lot of different interests and, um, things that you're here to give out into the world and work on and do You're designed for freedom and play and expansion, inspiration. That's all within your wheelhouse, um, energetically. And you are meant to be really present and to respond in the moment to what's in front of you, the things that you're wanting to do, taking quick action. Whereas a projector is much more of, um, more cerebral in what's fascinating. What is the the insight here? How does this person work or tick? How can I help them make things more efficient and better? So while everybody can have projected gifts that they are still here to give their insight. So you having that genius freak energy that Dana was talking about before, that's a projected channel. So it is here to give your insight and it is looking a bit ahead of the curve. What is going to be helping us down the road? Um, overall, that's your so energy funny. is here to be quick. It's here to do things in your own way. It's here to be really present and impacting people that you're directly um, around versus future tripping and trying to plan so, so, so far ahead. It's so true. I wish my team, can my team hear this? Of course they can. Yeah. That's exactly true. I'm like the spontaneous machine. I'm like, yes. like a six-year-old who's on the way to kindergarten <laughs> and she just found out that she gets to go for the whole day. Yeah. Like they took off. Like, I'm like, and, and, and I am so, it's embarrassing because I'm like this Look at that. I'm a hundred years old. You'd think by now I would get a little bored walking over to the beach, but I'm like, we're going to the beach. I can't yeah, find so to the beach. Funny. Yeah. That yeah, is boredom. Funny. It's interesting because boredom is such a big theme as a man, Jen, where you can feel bored. Um, 
more easily than other people. So when you describe, for yoga- example, in a, for example, in a nine to five job where you're going to the same office every day, doing the same thing every day would be terrible for a man, Jen, impossible. It's just, you can't do it. Your life is about diversity and, and that playfulness and seeking something new and trying a new challenge and every day being an exploratory new experience. And here's the twist. Now here's where astrology comes in. Cause I've got Mercury and Taurus. I'm very ritualistic. Mm. So this is the complementation to that. I have such a strong practice. I do the same meditation. I do the I eat the same foods. I walk. Yeah. I mean, and then there's a variation on a the theme. Cause I never know what day I'll do it, but I do. I am very consistent. So <laughs> yeah. is that in my thing? Yes, actually you have gate five, which is all about having those routines and rituals, um, wellness routines, spiritual rituals, but you're designed to be kind of fluid with them. So you have the same ones that you want to do and then it can kind of shift, shift and change. Yes. Um, but I love, so, you know, astrology is one of the, the foundations of human design. So it's so fun for us to get to hear really the, the true astrology lens and to see those correlations. I think they complement each other so well. Um, but we're excited to hear just, you know, I know that you have Shana and I's, uh, astrology chart and we do readings for people all day long. So we'd be excited to hear. And I know no one's ever done this. I was like, I was like going to say, I hope they never stop talking about me. <laughs> I always like the last podcast I did yesterday. I was kind of like at the end of the read at the end of the podcast. I said to him, this wasn't a podcast. I just gave you a reading. I uh, just talked. I did. I, yeah. So that's on you. Very unusual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never that's got a chance. The to. majority of our, our lives is giving readings. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we, we feel you. So uh, first thing I want to ask you is what is your relationship? The two of you. So then yeah, you never so- ask that. Yeah. So we are, we've been best friends for a long time now. We met in college. So we've been best friends for over a decade. And during our Saturn return, we were both working in corporate jobs and we were like, this sucks. This is not who we are. And we started just going down a spiritual path together, learning, exploring. We discovered human design. We we discovered we have some similarities within our energy type. Um, We also have lots of major differences for sure. Um, And then it just kind of happened that we created this business together. So it's been the most fun and rewarding and spiritual journey for us, kind of facing fears and creating something together and being best friends and now business business partners through it all. Yeah. We found, especially in human design, um, our energies really complement each other in that we have a lot of polarizations and a lot of things that, um, just work well together. So the things that I hate, Dana loves, vice versa, um, which makes it really nice being business partners. Um, and also when she has energy, most of the time I don't and vice versa. So it's kind of been really an amazing thing to observe in our friendship, but also as business partners um, throughout our life. But yeah. can totally see that. So Dana has no uh, water in her chart and I'm looking, this is so funny. And Shana has so much water. And then um, Shana has no fire in her chart. And that's all that Dana is. So <laughs> it's a perfect, it's a perfect astrologically. Literally, you have four planets in fire. She has only, I'm looking at the. And also, you've got all the same outer planets. You're born within a very short time of each other. You're born how many, like, months apart. Yeah. So you both have the three outer planets are all conjunct. They're all the same. Your life lesson is the same, which is ambition 
and excellence and tolerate mediocrity. And it gets so frustrating when you can't be the best at something. So you both match there. So you're like, we'll be the best together. I can see that completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious to ask you, I mean, we've heard you talk about in in your work, um, this thing called the missing element. So what does that mean? This thing, and this thing, that's you the name of my book. Across? You're so funny. That's the name of my book. That thing. Oh my God. <laughs> well, this thing, I mean, it is, it's, it's a term like the missing element. And I've never heard that before other than from so that's so wonderful. Your so I have, I have a book and if you guys order it from my website, I stick your chart in the book and I sign it and mail it to you. Just saying wow, um, I love that. the missing element. Well, that's a perfect example. So the both of you have a missing element. And what happens with that is it doesn't mean you're missing it entirely quite the opposite. Sometimes when you're missing. So for example, in the case with Dana has no water in her chart. So when it comes to getting really sensitive and being all mushy and getting stuck in feelings, because think of water as tears and it's emotional sensitivity. It's the compare. You're like, get over it. Like part of you is just like, come on, you guys, we are not going to. And then Shana's like, oh, that's so rude. I'm feeling so much. I'm in one of my moods. And now you're taking me away. And you're like, sorry, I just thought get over it. Like, this is boring. So her missing element is when it gets too gushy and mushy and contrived. Part of you, Dana, is like, let's get up and out. Like, we, let me just tell you what to do. That's what you do. You're like, I got this. Here's what you should do. You give directions. You're a little bossy. You've got it going on, and you're not going to get stuck. Whereas, Shana, you've got so much water. Oh, my God. You're like the <laughs> deepest sensitive. You've got five planets in water. Wow. Shana, your personality type is much deeper and wants to go slower and you want to feel things. And so you've got an excessive amount of sensitivity and compassion to the point where it's like really wanting people's stories and going in and going in. And then Dana's like, we got that moving right along. <laughs> chop, chop. So, so that's where it's different. And the missing element is Shana would need to learn about letting go, which is not your strong suit. Mm -hmm. And Dana would need to learn about getting attached. And feeling more willing to be able to get—is that true? Because you're making funny faces. Um, well, it's interesting because in human design, Dana has an emotional way where she has this uh, these emotional highs and lows, and I don't. But I do feel like in um, life experiences that we've gone through, um, that maybe I mean. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Dana, but I do feel, you know, both Dana and I lost our dads um, two years apart and um, pretty recently. So we, in my experience with losing my dad, I feel like it's been something that I, I mean, grieving is, is a big thing for anyone, um, but it is something that is very deep that I feel like I will be exploring the rest of my life. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas in my reflection of your experience, Dana, it's been like you had so much clarity right away mm -hmm. and a life my like yeah. observation, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, no, how, yeah, how I agree. Like when my dad passed, I literally went for a run until I screamed and cried and broke down to my knees and let, ah, and like let it out. I like, like a psychopath, right? Like I really like purged everything that I was feeling to the depths of it. And it took about two weeks. And at the end of that two weeks, I was like, good to go. 
And like, I feel like I was right back on track. And of course, like, I feel so connected to my dad in his passing that my morning has just been different. And maybe, you know, everyone has their own experience. And that's been something that we've really learned is everyone processes these big, huge emotional things in a different way. So we've been really conscious from the beginning of like, oh, even though we've had this same thing happen, the way that we handle it is going to be so different. So let's just hold space for who we are as individuals and not compare the way that we process this. Yeah. And I, so in that way, it's definitely resonates. Yeah. And I feel also that, um, you get wisdom so quickly. Like when you, when your dad died, you really had like, I feel like I just watched and helped him give birth. And I had this whole spiritual experience that was so profound. Like I loved hearing about your experience and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast before. Um, whereas I did not feel that I felt like, hold on, I just need to be in this muck for a while. And that, so that does really resonate with me of not wanting to let go, um, for a lot of different things in my life. So that it is really resonant. It's interesting. And where you both match is your rising sign, which is the soul. The reason why they call it the rising or the ascendant is that's where we're rising into. People don't tell you that. They make up a story that the rising sign is the way you look. But what, and it is true, the soul reflects itself in the body. But the rising sign is the highest level of you ascending or seeking. And you both are air signs. So you're both communicators. So that's a complete one is Gemini, one's Aquarius. So you can't stop talking, the two of you. And and you love. (laughs) Listening to each other, it's like it's your highest thing, which is the best thing that can happen to both of you, (laughs) is to find a partner who doesn't ever get bored of talking. Uh, That is hilarious and so true. And we're the people that, you know, could be on the phone until like four o'clock in the morning talking about human design, talking about spiritual things so much so that we're like, why don't we put a microphone on this and turn it into a podcast? And it just really feels effortless for us. Um, and I definitely think that that's one of the places where we are kind of like these soulmates Soulmates. for each other because both of us are married and our partners are like, please stop telling me about human design. I'm (laughs) over it. I already know this. And we're like, yeah, but I just had this insight about this one thing and this new, and like, so we get to have that with each other. And it's just been definitely something that when you talk about it being the rising, I definitely feel like that's something that has both helped us ascend is being able to share in these conversations and also getting to recognize the brilliance in each other when we might not see it in ourselves with the things that we communicate. Yes, that's so powerful. So the cool thing is, um, Miss Sensitive, it's so crazy, Shana, <laughs> how much water you have, that the, <laughs> that your one of her gifts, one of Shana's gifts is she can follow you anywhere, like her nurturing energy wants you to feel so at home all the time. Mm. And then your Leo goes, oh, you like me, you like me, you like me. Like it feels so good because she's always about whoever she loves, Shayna. She becomes their mom. Mm. And then your double Leo is like, I love that you love me. And so it creates a really wonderful match because mm. it is Shayna's nature to be the nurturer. And it is Dana's nature to be the entertainment to say, I got an idea. I'm really excited. Are you? And then she goes, I'm excited too. Oh, you want me to help you with that, honey? And then blah, 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 blah. (laughs) (laughs) That is so very, very true. And yeah. And in our human design, it's, um, it's reflected. The human design is that what you, what you just looked at in my chart, by the way, that thing you described was my grand trine and fire and the earth houses you, the generator manifesting generator is exactly i know i know he got all this from astrology yeah yeah he just changed the language and then he used numerology and then he used 
What was the other tool that he used? Yeah, so yeah. it's the I Ching hexagrams. Yeah, um, yes. yeah, and and the, just, the chakras I mean, in the body. Yes, and these are all magical formulas that were put in place by our higher selves, better known as the intelligence that brought to us. Yeah. So why would it not? I mean, someone was smart enough to synthesize or whatever his funny name is. Say his name again. Yeah, Ra Aruhu. Whose name is Ra Aruhu? <laughs> it's not his actual name. His real name of is Alan. It's not. No, Alan his real Ginsburg. name is Alan Krakauer or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my, well, my, I have a spiritual name. My company is named after me, which is called Luciella. And it came through a dream when I was in my 20s. And it is light of the heavens, little did I know. And wow. so my company is called Luciella. But not. I don't tell people that. Well, I just did. But I don't go by that name. I'm Deborah Silverman, a good little Jewish girl from Detroit, who is a, <laughs> a, a freak slash genius. I'm going to own that. Yeah, yeah, I love it so much. And, you know, on this topic of the history of astrology, the history of human design, these modalities coming in and the way that they influence humanity, I was wondering if you could share with us and with our listeners a little bit about, like, the history of Western astrology. I'm also curious about the difference between Western astrology and sidereal astrology. Such a great question. <clears throat> it's 5,000, 4,000 to 5,000 years old. I can't really do a good review on the history of astrology. I can only tell you my secret. And my secret is it was brought to us by a higher intelligence, as you can see. Like, you know that my gate number 20 makes me a freak, which is true. That's ridiculous. That did not come through a human mind. That came through a very high level. And we can't discern it. We can only say the gift to me of astrology in its timeless fashion that is proven through the test of time to endure that your grandmother, my grandma knew what sign she was. Like we've been talking about this for across time. So there's a system put in place. Sidereal and Western are the same system. They're just off slightly by degrees. It has the same interpretation of the signs. Sidereal or the Eastern Vedic astrology is brilliant for prediction. That was their tool. And our tool is brilliant for psychological assessment of your personality. So I distinguish the two. If you want predictions, go to a Vedic astrologer. Will I have children? Will I get married? Will I have death in my family? If you want an understanding of your purpose, why you're here and who you get along with and how many times you're going to have major shifts in your chart, go see a Western astrologer. So go see both. I'm all about, you know, there's no, the numerology, which I've studied in depth, there is the Kabbalistic system and there is the Pythagorean. They're totally different systems, the same numbers. So the thing that's true about this reality, which is annoying, is that everything is relative. So whatever you study, if it's human design, <clears throat> dive in, give it your all, or you know the word dilettante? Or be a dilettante who studies everything a little bit and they become a little bit of everything. I am not that. My system is pure 100% astrology. I studied classical psychology. And then because I'm a freak, I made it my own. And I invite you to be a freak. Like everyone should be a freak. What's wrong with that word? It took me a minute to get it. But if you make it, you guys are a freak. You're a freak totally. about this thing. You're obsessed about this thing. Do you yeah. have that gate open in you? The 20s? We create that channel <clears throat> together. So Dana has gate 23, which is all about um, simplifying things. So whereas I have the gate 43, which completes that channel, which is all about the kind of weird, unique insight side. So together, she helps me ground down in all of my craziness. And I help her like expand a little bit more into that unique, interesting, weird side, but there's so many different, um, 
balance is there. Whereas, you know, Dana has um, Aquarius rising and I have Gemini right. rising. Right. So yeah, it's, we have so many different um, I feel bad complimentary for your balancing sides. What'd you say? I, I feel bad for your husband's. Because oh, yeah, we talk so much to each yeah. other or what? My my best friend and I for 30 some years have talked every day and, and she's a Gemini and I'm a Gemini. Yeah. Uh, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm moving my hands like they're two little birds. And, um, <laughs> and, and luckily our partners have always understood, like, I think they like each other better than us. No, 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 no. We love you. But there is something to be said about the husbands not being able to track this crazy intellectual fascination oh, yeah. you have. And feeling slightly left out and saying, and it's good to know, men use way less words. Mm-hmm. We have, especially Gemini Aquarius, you use way more words and permission to be different. I just flash on it thinking, I can hear them in the other room going, oh my God, those girls have not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hundred percent true, for yeah. sure. They, I think they love that we have each other. Um, and, I know, what a relief. They don't have to listen yeah. to you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I say all the time, like, I never shut the fuck up. Like, I, <laughs> half the time we leave a party with my husband, Brian, I'll be like, oh, my God, babe, why didn't you literally put a muzzle on me and, like, shut me up? Like, I just can't stop. But um, having Dana, I mean, definitely does feel like a soulmate connection. We've said that ever since, like, Soulmates can happen with dogs. It can happen with your kid. It could be your grandma. I mean, and there's more than one soulmate. So announcement and classical traditional relationship is on its way out. We are entering into the Aquarian age where human design and astrology and permission to be boy, girl and say him, her, she, her, all this. We are in a new reality. And thank God we're in the future. Yeah, this is what every, you know what? This is the best life we've ever had. It's like living like a king. We put little things over our ears like a spaceship driver. We push a button and we're inside each other's house. I don't even know you and I know you. Yeah, This is a a crazy, I can't believe when I think about the future from here, 60 miles east of here, like where are we going to go? I imagine a world where we can go like this with our nose and you guys would be in Hawaii at my house. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I know we, it's interesting because when I was young, I always had a big resistance to this time. Like I'm talking when I was five years old, six years old, seven years old, I remember feeling, I don't want to drive in a car. I want to walk. I don't want to live in a house. I want to live outside. I don't want to be under artificial lights. I want to be in the sun. I don't want to use money. I want to use my hands to work on things. And I just remember having this very, very strong resistance to this time. And only in finding my purpose have I realized that I am in this time to be able to use technology, to be able to spread these ideas, to spread these messages, to be able to have freedom and work from home and connect with people all over the world. And it's just become so clear to me that I was born in this time for a reason to use this technology, but also to usher in this, you know, this change, this new paradigm. And it's finally feeling like I can feel comfortable in this time space reality, I guess. Yeah. You just made my heart sing because I don't want to be in those lights and I don't want to be in the house and I don't want to have to deal... I, I think I was like from the same, whatever, but the yeah. good news is the good news is I caught up to myself. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I mean, who can argue with life anyways? Good luck with that. I don't want to be here. Oh, tough shit. Sit down. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I yeah. love what you said about, um, Western astrology and Vedic astrology. We actually just met with a Vedic astrologer, um, a few weeks ago, privately, private sessions, not on the podcast. Um, and, 
it was absolutely um, just very predictive and so spot on. I mean, he knew when we didn't say anything at all. He just had our names and our birth information and he knew when our dads died, he knew how they died. He knew um, when we'll know, have kids, when we'll have kids. And, I want to talk know, to him. Yeah, you should. He's, he's amazing. He's in he, India and he is absolutely that happened Just to me. I had an I had an Indian astrologer. This is so crazy. I was so young. I was living in Vancouver. I was in my 20s. And it was super expensive at the time for me because I was just a college student. I was in, And he said, you're going to be a famous astrologer, psychologist when you grow. He, but he, he couldn't speak wow. English. So he had a translator. And you know what he told me at the end? That I was coming back as a cow. And I was like, what? And, and I went up to the guy at the end and I said, first of all, who told him? Because I knew I was going to be an astrologer, psychologist. I couldn't believe he, I was like, who told him that? And he was like, no. And I said, now wow. talk to me about being a cow. And he said, I have been sitting here for so many years working with my teacher and no one ever gets there. You are done. I was like, I am? Wow. I have goosebumps I and, and on my whole I had, body. I was like, I don't want to be done. What if I want to come back? Get the cow out of here. I don't want to be done. I want to come back and be a Hawaiian chick living on the beach here, <laughs> learning hula at a very young age with big hips and have a lot of kids. He was like, I will work that out for you. Wow. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I finished my karma, according to him. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. amazing. That's a radical thought. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. In human design, we Moo. have these. <laughs> I can see you as a cow. Oh, I, I love, love cows. Mood on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, no one's ever done do, that before. <laughs> I do not eat meat. Just so you know, I have not had a cow. I've never had a hamburger. I since I was a kid, I must have been a Buddhist in the last lifetime because when yeah. I was little, my mom they could not get me to eat meat. Wow, I love that. Yeah, that's so we don't sweet. eat meat either, but not from a young age. I feel like that's so incredibly rare. Especially. I think I knew. I, I learned astro. I never listen. I this all came to me. Astrology came to me in a very young age, and I think I already knew it. There's some beings, this is unusual, and you guys are like this, where you've got your mission came, you both got set on fire, you can't stop now, and then everything conspires to support you yes. to be evolving and to have these beings, your husbands and the kids. is once. And if you guys don't know how to find your path, you call an astrologer, and boy, do I have an astrologer for you. I don't do readings, mm -hmm. by the way, but I have certified 15 women that I can guarantee have trained with me to say, what are you here to do? I'll help you with that. I, yeah. love that. So, I love that. So with astrology, you know, I wanted to ask you about your opinion on the most powerful takeaways that people can, you know, start, you know, the average person can start integrating astrology into their life. What are some of the most powerful ways that it can help them? And do you so, feel like it's so purpose? double Leo, the most powerful? <laughs> yeah, I really want to know, like, what's the main takeaway that's really going to okay. change people? Well, do you think it's helping in their purpose? Versus the missing element. Like if yeah. you're missing an element, you cannot be balanced. So it's four wheels on a car. Imagine four elements. If one of your wheels is down and you don't know it, you can't get that car to work. You just fill the air up if it's air missing or if it's water or it's earth or fire. So that's number one. Number two is Saturn, which you both share, Saturn and Capricorn. Once you figure out your Saturn, your life lesson, you are way ahead. So you know both of you can't tolerate mediocrity and you never feel like you're getting enough done. And you always feel like you're behind the eight ball, like you're not getting there yet. Both that's of you true. <laughs> Yeah. And then you, shift, you, you, then you turn on your observer and you say to your Capricorn, listen, you get better as you get older. 
Just both of you need to know this. And your life in 2016 to 2018, everything changed. That was your Saturn return. And you get prepared for it if you're 28 to 20 to 30 or you're 58 to 60. So those are the two biggest ones is the missing element, the life lesson you're carrying, and the cycles. So you know when those shifts every seven years, we can look at a chart and I can guarantee you, here's the kid. Here's the divorce. Here's the marriage. Here's the beginning of the business. Here's the end of the. It's very clear. Wow. Those are the two most important missing elements: Saturn cycles, and then of course the soul, your rising sign. Because just knowing that that you're both air, this is going to liberate your function this life. You must communicate. Your husband's not taking you out of the party, Shayna, because that's your pro- <laughs> that was your that was your promise this life. Just. You, you made a promise you'd come in here and you'd be the one that would make us feel understood. Wow. I've never wow. really heard wow. someone say that rising sign as that soul element. That's that the esoteric. But listen, why is it called? This is so funny. No one ever thinks the rising sign is the same word as the ascendant. Yeah. Well, what is that? And we never stop to think about it because some stupid person wrote in a book. It's the way your body looks. I don't know how that got so popular. So yeah, I'm doing my best to change that story. Wow, that that really resonates. Even when you just say it, I feel inside my body that that is true, and it really feels resonant. And by me. the way, guess what? You, Gemini rising, Aquarius rising. Guess what? I am Libra what? rising. We're um, all three air signs in this. I room. love it. That's why this conversation is just making me feel like I'm rising and ascending. And I wanted to ask you, and I'm, I'm excited for our listeners to be able to check out your book because this idea of, um, you know, that missing link. And I wondered, wondered if you can talk a little bit more about it, like with Shana and I, um, you know, helping each other with those elements that we don't have. But what are the other other ways that people can lean into this? So in the book, there's a test because you just because you're missing for so for example, um, you have no water, Dana. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you can't feel? No, it might mean that in your last life, you did so much sticky water that this life they said, don't give her any. And therefore you came with the skill, but you didn't need more of it. So you have to discern when you're missing an element, did I already cultivate it? If someone's missing water and they cry all the time, I'm like, right, God said, don't give her anymore. If someone's missing water and they're a frozen fish and they can't cry anymore, then I'm like, uh, that was the lesson you came. So you pay mm-hmm. attention to the missing element and you ask yourself some questions. And in the book, you'll get it really simply. And it is the subtitle of the book is inspiring compassion for the human condition. So it's not wow. just the missing element of the element. It's how can we accept the fact that we're all so different and diversity is the magic like i can't believe how fascinating i am how i not i am how i fascinating i find this world i used to stare at people a lot i think you do this shayna like you want to sneak into their scorpio you're like let me into your psychology <laughs> is that your nature shayna of really Absolutely. going deep yeah yeah and and that is the subtitle of the book inspiring compassion for the human condition and seeing all the differences so the elements are a very simple beginner's language If someone's super sensitive and they feel all the time and they're reclusive and they're introverts and they don't talk, that's acceptable. If someone's air, they're airheads, they forget things, they talk all the time, they can't stay grounded, they're so nosy, they're so interested, that's acceptable. If someone's super grounded like you are, Dana, you have a grand trine in earth. They're grounded, they're on time, they're responsible, they get things done, they manifest with the thought. That's part of their nature. That's earth. It's the high road of earth. If they're fire people, which is something I have a little bit of, they're super energized and they're all excited and they're blunt and they're fine. These are so you learn to accept these quirks. I like that word, quirk, quirk. I'm accepting <laughs> my quirk. I'm a yeah. freak. 
It's I'm a, a good genius. one. I'm a quirk. Quirk, quirk has quirk. a feeling that comes with it. Your quirk about you. It sounds just how the word seems like the word describes it. Quirk. I did a moo on your chart now, <laughs> I mean, during your session. Now I'm doing quirk. So the question is really in the name of the book that I wrote, which is getting reprinted again. It did so well. Um, how is my child? Like if they have no water in their chart and you're trying to make that kid cry and be really sensitive and they don't want to be sensitive, you learn how to help them cultivate a skill they didn't come in with, but not at the expense of their authenticity. Let people be who they are and understand my father had no air in his chart. When my brothers realized that they were like, that's why he doesn't talk. He don't want to talk. He has no air. You can't tell him to sit down at a party and socialize. That ain't happening. So once we accept that, then the question is, hey, dad, do you want to learn how to ask questions? Because clearly you're not socializing. And then he gets to say yes or no. Wow. How powerful. That's that's incredible. It's, it is just self-acceptance and understanding our diverseness. Um, it's a huge part of why we fell in love with human design as well. And it's um, so fascinating to be able to um, see what that missing element is. It, it's, I've never even, um, never even thought, thought about it. that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what freaks do. The freaks make you go like, I never thought, I never saw that before. That's kind of weird. How'd you put that together? And honestly, to tell the honest truth in Hawaii, I studied hula for many years. It's all based on the four elements, the Kabbalah, mm. the old Jewish religion, and based on the, the that's the four worlds. And yeah. in um, the Buddhists, they have the four questions and the American Indians had the four directions. So this is as old as the hills, but we, we forgot to sacredize, is that a word? We forgot to love it. We forgot to make holy the simplicity of this reality, which is you cannot live without water. Mm. You cannot live without air. You cannot live without food. And you cannot live without the sun. Those four elements, those four elemental truths are at the center of this entire universe. And for some reason we forgot. I loved your version, Dana. I'm never gonna forget that. I don't want to not be outside. I don't want to not be devoted to the sun. We do every single day. I went to the doctor and found out I had the highest vitamin D count he'd ever seen. And when he asked me, what are you taking for vitamin D? I was like, I don't take anything for vitamin D. I live outside. Mm -hmm. But that is the healthiest upper. It's what takes away depression. But in the middle of the winter, and you live in Hawaii, it's kind of easy. I'm go as soon as we're done with this, guess what I'm doing? Going swimming with a dolphin. <laughs> it's tattooed right here on my arm i got dolphins swimming all over here i feel I so that. connected with you with you because of this because i am a dolphin whale person and they really really call me and i'm also like a hawaii person i love hawaii is one of my special places so i before we even got on this call i just felt so connected to you for that reason um because that dolphin medicine is just the most beautiful frequency to you know me. why I, I love you know it why? so much why they make love they make love all day why do you think they smile they have really big penises the boys don't tell <laughs> And they make love with more than one girl. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Do, do a little research on how often okay. dolphins do it. I will. It's a lot. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's and their it's practice. for pleasure. Yeah. That's right. Living yeah. in that state of ecstasy and euphoria. I love it. So as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I was curious if you could talk about just 
in general, any insight that you have in the way that you see the future direction headed for people as far as weaving back in these ancient wisdoms, weaving back in um, the sacredness, especially of these ancient wisdoms and how it's going to play a role into our future direction or how it best can. I was, I was wondering if you have any insight that you'd like to impart with our listeners in that realm. The first chapter of my book, it starts with crisis, and the second chapter is the wisdom of the elders, because they saw this coming. We knew this was coming. I would like to do a prayer to complete this um, session. May we all return to our respect to the elders that carried the wisdom on the land we walk. May we remember to put our attention on our food, on the water, on the air, on the earth with respect, and not take for granted this reality, the moment you begin to slow down, do your prayers, pray over your food, slow down time, you will prepare the future for your children. And until that occurs, we are going in the direction of forgetting what was handed to us by our ancestors. May we remember, may we return to the truth of the simplicity while being in this freedom state of this here and now. Mm. And so it is. I love that. Thank you for that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I feel instantly more grounded. Me too. And us talking about that, <laughs> which is hard for you, us talking about this, this technology state, right? How amazing and epic it really is that we are able to connect. And, you know, something that Shane and I are always blown away by is how we can connect with each other's frequency and vibration and heart even through this little computer screen and this headphones, like we really feel deeply connected to the people that we get to meet with in this space. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. But technology is like a very sharp knife that is, you know, capable of doing incredible things. And it's also capable of equal destruction as it is creation. And as we move forward, I think the power is really in our hands as these human beings with this spiritual essence to have the intention of where we're moving forward and to utilize these tools in a way that actually supports the things that you've just shared, because it's absolutely possible, I think, to create this heaven on earth if we really are intentional and empowered in how we move forward. But if we're leaving it to someone else to to be, to create that intention and to be, you know, have the power for us, I really don't think it's going to happen. It's up to all of us to really become more intentional. It's as simple as waking up in the morning and starting your day with the prayer. Yeah. Doing your meditation, putting your hands over your food. It, this is not complicated. It's ancient. Yeah. But if, if we don't say, I met new word I made up, sanctification, I think I'll use that. If we don't sanctify this reality and remember that it's a privilege, there's so many people suffering from depression, from COVID, from the conflict, from the confusion. And then in the middle of the circle, if you close your eyes and go back into meditation, there's this place called peace. Some of you may have heard about it. <laughs> and all you have to do is get to the state of peace and do your prayers and become the example that no matter what, I'm worried to tell the truth. I have done a deep dive, which is a whole nother show on the environment. And I'm starting a podcast this upcoming year with the most incredible scientists to say, this is not, we are all pretending right now. All I do every day is use plastic all day long. This is it's making me crazy. And that's real. We are at the end of an era. However, what remains constant is the water, the air, the earth, and the fire. That's not going anywhere. And when I sanctify it, when I pray over it, when I remain in the center, I will be the one and you will be the one. We will be the ones to say, okay, guys, kids, I got you. Take a breath, hold hands, and return to your faith. 
and it doesn't require religion. You know, human design and astrology are based on these four elements. So, yeah, it's not a problem. It's scary. I'm worried. I don't understand how psychologically we'll be developed enough to handle what's about to happen. Yeah. And I myself am calming myself down every day and living in a state of constant, sustained peace as best I can every chance I get. And when life comes and throws me curveballs, because it always happens, I do my prayers. I return to my meditation. I pray over my food and I give thanks on my knees. I'm about to do that this weekend. Every weekend I'm out in the woods in silence saying, please give me the strength so I can be the elder to allow the people to know it's safe here. Wow. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And that's all I do. It's really powerful. Honestly, I I feel the same. And I live in a really natural place and I'm always in nature too. And you really can see um, the climate changing faster than other people that maybe are not in nature as much. And, you know, it's something that my husband and I are really we get a little worked up about plastic too, especially he does. Uh, if he, he like, if I order takeout, he's like, "Oh, this plastic!" Like, "Oh my gosh!" And then with COVID, it's been more plastic, so that things can be more sanitary. And that is something that really, honestly, it pulls us off track and off course because we have to remember that we are like empowered in the state, and we have to remember to pray, and we have to remember to be connected. Let's do a whole session. Let's do a whole session on, there's a wonderful man who wrote the film called Chasing Coral and Social Dilemma. He's my first interview on my my, um, podcast. You go watch Chasing Coral. It's essential. And then you watch, there's there's like five, I'd love to do a whole podcast with you on just the environmental impact, what to watch, what to read, and how to prepare yourself. Because that's my favorite topic of all. We would love, love, love that. And it has been such a pleasure to connect with you. You are such a vibrant and special person. We feel really grateful for you joining us and sharing your wisdom with us and with all of our listeners. Um, So we'd love to have you back again. And can you tell all of our listeners where they can continue to connect with your work, where they can find your book and all of your offerings? It's just Deborah Silverman Astrology, D-E-B-R-A, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. On the Instagram, it's Deborah Silverman Astrology. On Facebook, it's Deborah Silverman. I mean, I'm just Deborah Silverman Astrology. Yeah. Amazing. It's kind of simple. Just and Google me. Can, I'm all over the place. Where can people purchase your book? You can go on Amazon and there's like 500 reviews or you can go on my website and I'll send it to you with a chart in it and I'll sign it for you. So you got two choices. That's so amazing. Special. How did so we cool. find each other? How did I even get here? <laughs> um, I think your team reached out to our team and made it happen. Something in the cosmos and the energetics <laughs> was connecting and swirling around and it just magnified. I am so thankful. I love both of you so much. I'm so proud of you. I'm so impressed that this lifetime you're doing your dharma. It's beautiful oh, to see. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. Honestly, what you described about you lock in and you have that fire and everything just kind of conspires to support you. It's, I feel that so deeply for the last few years and it's, and every single day I'm like, I genuinely feel like everything in my life is conspiring to support me. Mm -hmm. And just hearing you say that was like, I've said those words last week. Um, so it just feels really validating and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your insight. And honestly, it's amazing to see a four, six man, Jen living (laughs) so vibrantly in your purpose and four sixes sometimes can, um, 
feel like, should, should I shy away? Should I hide away? And when you are just so authentic and show up as you are, like, I don't want to put on this necklace. Do I have to? That energy <laughs> is honestly just so attractive and successful because it, it sticks with you. It's like the next time that I go to put on a necklace, I'm going to be thinking about like, do I have to? And then I'm going to lean more onto my authentic side if I'm not wanting to. So it's those small That's little so things funny. that you do. They don't even know what that you're are talking inspiring. about. Yeah, everybody listening you. doesn't know. But when we first started, they did, I wanted to know whether this was visual or not. Isn't that pretty? And I don't, I like to be, if I had my choice, it's so bad to say, I'd be naked and unashamed. Me too. Yes, absolutely. I've said this, I said this last podcast, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it this one, but I have re- realized recently that my highest expression is being comfortable all the time. So when I go out professionally or when I lead and I'm visual, like all of my clothes now are so comfortable that they could be pajamas. That's me I, too. I've yeah. come to that realization. I that only wear I cotton. Don't want to. I'll only wear cotton and I'll only wear the softest materials I can find. That's all I'll ever wear for the rest of my life. I walk in yeah. the store and I touch everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And yeah. okay, also, you guys, we're in love. Keep going, Dana. I can't stop. And I'm supposed to be somewhere. So this is crazy. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I really am so, uh, I honor you so much in, in that you've been sharing astrology for so long. I feel really inspired by you. And I just want to say thank you for being so brave and bringing astrology into the world in a time where it wasn't common. And I I think it's really beautiful for women like us to be able to so easily go down this path with less resistance because of women who have come before us. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much. And I, I'm excited for our listeners to be able to connect with your work further. I'm excited to have you back on someday. I'm, we're going to email you and, and hold you to that if you're still up for it. Um, but yeah, let's, let's let you go and go enjoy the beautiful Hawaiian air where you are. And thank you so I'm much for being you here. All- so much aloha coming from my heart to yours Mm. thank you so much well we are energized from that conversation with deborah silverman she is electric and obviously i mean i hope that everyone listening got as much energy from this conversation as we did um she is vibrant she's amazing and she's so fun so Obviously, you guys know where to connect with us further um, at Dayluna on Instagram or our website, which is daylunalife.com. That's where you can dive even deeper into your human design. And we hope that this just sparked your curiosity to honor yourself more, come back to your presence as an individual being. That is what's grounding us in moving forward through all this scary shit, through all this confusing shit, through all of this chaos of even all the many different things that we've talked about in this episode, coming back to yourself as an individual. Who are you? What are you here to do? What are your gifts? And how can you just be present in honoring your experience today, right now? So we love you all. And we're just so excited to keep ushering in this new paradigm with you.